The true cost of this coronavirus, the loss of life and economic devastation, right now is immeasurable. But what can be counted is the money governments around the world have already spent trying to combat it. So far, it adds up to a staggering $6.5 trillion. In a class action launched in the United States, China is now being sued to get the money back. The lawsuit accuses Chinese authorities of negligence, lies and cover-ups. In the UK, there are similar calls for compensation to be paid. And as Tara Brown reports, even here, there are demands the communist regime face a Nuremberg-style hearing to investigate its role in this human disaster. In the heart of the coronavirus pandemic, New York has countless shocking stories of suffering. I did really never dreamed that it would affect me in such a way, or, or my country or the world. For Lorraine Caggiano, the effect has been profound and brutal. Ten members of her family contracted COVID-19, including herself. On the 25th of March, her elderly aunt, Isabella Rizzo, succumbed to the virus. Still reeling from that loss, just 52 hours later, Lorraine's dad, Nick Caggiano, died alone in hospital. You know, my father was, uh, he was very afraid of doctors. I'm gonna cry, I'm sorry. You know, just to get him to, uh, for a yearly checkup, you'd have to really talk him into it and he would just drive you crazy. So to me, to think of him laying there knowing this was going on, breaks my heart. He would have been so frightened, so frightened. Nothing we can do will ever bring the members of Lorraine's family back from this tragic, tragic outcome. But we hope to be able to gain compensation for them to help them get on with their lives the best way they can, and to try to put people back to normal. Across the country, in deserted Florida... Busiest road in Boca Raton. Jeremy Alters is the chief strategist behind a class action brought by the Berman Law Group. On behalf of all residents and businesses in the US, they are suing no less than the Chinese Communist Party asking for reparations of more than $6 trillion. And this lawsuit is based on the fact that they knew about this virus. They failed to contain the virus. They failed to let us know in a timely fashion about the virus and have unleashed hell on our communities, on our countries, the United States, Australia and everywhere else. Is this suit saying, China, now you have to pay up? Yes, it is. And here's why it's saying it. That money is not just governments losing money. That is people losing their jobs. That is people losing their homes. That is people losing their livelihoods. That is people being able to feed their children. That $6 trillion isn't coming back. Jeremy's firm has so far signed up 10,000 people to the class action, a number that is growing each day. Along with the grief, it's clear they've tapped a deep well of anger. 
For Lorraine's mother, Natalie, who lost her husband and sister less than a month ago, alongside the heartache is a need for action. I get this text message and it says from my mother, you know, I want to sue China. And I'm like, oh God, she's gonna drive me nuts now. And I don't have time for this and I can't even think of this. Was she serious and is she still serious today? Dead serious. My mother's, yes, of course my mother is. She was dead serious. She's like, I want, because she's angry. So she feels like, okay, they should have told people about this. They should have been more forthcoming about this. Why is this happening? I lost my husband, I lost my sister. For you, what do you want to achieve out of this lawsuit? The truth. The truth for my dad, for my aunt, for my friend Helen who died yesterday, for this lady I know named Adelaide who's been on a ventilator for the last 20 days. I hope she makes it. Uh, just the truth. How much do you believe China owes the world? Australia has invested over $200 billion to get us through this crisis to date. To protect Australia... Former barrister, now Queensland Liberal Senator, Amanda Stoker, says Australia needs to be part of a global push to force the Chinese government to turn over its records, to reveal when it knew and what it knew about the coronavirus threat. If you've got really strong factual findings that show there was a clear failure to comply with what were um, absolutely clear international obligations to report what was going on um, as the virus was identified and started to spread, to share medical data about how to manage it and about human-to-human -human transmission, then you might have the opportunity to pursue compensation at an international level. But for Matthew Henderson, the facts are already in. In regards to the big questions from what you've seen so far out of China, did they lie? Yes. Did they cover up? Yes. Matthew is a former British diplomat to China who now runs Asia studies at UK think tank, the Henry Jackson Society. Matthew has co-authored a report pitching the case against China. He says China has breached international health regulations by hiding from the world what they knew in the early days of the outbreak. It becomes clear that the way in which the Chinese side has managed this issue is negligent, culpable and deliberately, willfully damaging, not only to the world at large, but to the Chinese people also. For Matthew, the most appalling part of the cover-up was quashing early concerns about a new, frightening virus raised by Chinese doctors and scientists in Wuhan. To make certain that people who really knew what that bug looked like, where it came from, why it was so infectious, why it bonded with people's lungs in a way that makes it uniquely lethal, that information was the first thing they suppressed that would have been really, really useful to the world to protect ourselves from what we now know is what it is, a lethal pandemic. If they knowingly suppressed information about the threat of this potential pandemic, what did they hope to achieve by hiding it? The classic face-saving approach that the Chinese Communist Party regularly takes in the face of challenges and disasters, you bury the truth, you convey the impression of order, and you hope to goodness me that you're going to be able to get away with it. Of course they didn't. Of course they couldn't. 
Around the world, we've now received calls from 40 different countries. Jeremy Alters is an unlikely champion of the class action. A lifelong Democrat now banded with a conservative firm to provide strategy. While it's not impossible, it is very difficult for the US to sue another country due to a protection known as sovereign immunity. Many legal experts give Jeremy very little chance of success. The critics of this class action say that your chances of even going to court are nil. Right. Yeah, we, we've heard that. Um, we've heard that our whole career. Um, you know, those are intentionally reckless acts which affect our citizens. So legally, I would disagree with the naysayers. So the chances are not nil. They are very good. We will be able to pursue this in court. And at some point, it's not going to be tomorrow, but at some point, bring China to bear so that they have to pay for what they've done. Even if the US courts find a case against the Chinese regime, few believe China will feel compelled to show up or pay up. The chances of China paying up are zero, aren't they? No, not at all. They are much higher than zero, not 100%, but there are mechanisms to get them to do this. If they decide not to show up in court, then we will proceed forward to get a verdict against them and then collect on their assets here in the United States to help the people who have been harmed that are part of this lawsuit. Senator Amanda Stoker believes that if the current international and legal forums are not able to hold China to account, there is another way. Do you expect that there might be an international tribunal of some sort that puts China on trial? Once we get over what we're all suffering now, is that the future, do you think? Look, the nations of the world have the power to establish um, through the International Court of Justice an inquiry of that nature, um, something a little bit like the way there was an independent um, examination in the form of the Nuremberg trials or um, in relation to the former Yugoslavia. We can set up, um, as a global um, community, tribunals of that nature. But perhaps the most potent response to China will be to rethink doing business with them. It's also a wake-up call for us, though, in a manufacturing sense, in a resources sense. It's an opportunity for us to be more willing to look at other places in the world with which we can trade that might better operate as global participants than the Communist Party of China has been of late. If you are trying to present yourself as a member of a, a Davos-style, win-win, motherhood and apple pie, happy, clappy world, where China's money brings benefits to all and sundry, and it doesn't, well then, you better go back and think about it. There is leverage, and there is practical good reason for us to take a defensive position in regard to our dealings previously nominally legitimate dealings with China, which no longer are justified. Over the last month, we've contacted the Chinese embassy four times, requesting an interview. But we are still waiting for China to respond, along with the rest of a shell-shocked world. Amazing grace.
and our fear and isolation never more poignantly reflected than in a recent performance by Andrea Bocelli, who at once sang to no one and everyone. Look at the world. The images of Milan, Paris, London, New York, with no people, my heart broke. It was so, so upsetting. And I really hadn't cried much these past two weeks because it's all very intangible. But when I saw that and I saw the emptiness around the world, I had tears in my eyes and I had a, a pain in my heart from that. So no, this can never happen again. No. I'm Tara Brown. Thanks for watching. To keep up with the latest from 60 Minutes Australia, make sure you subscribe to our channel. You can also download the Nine Now app for full episodes and other exclusive 60 Minutes content. The true cost of this coronavirus, the loss of life and economic devastation, right now is immeasurable. But what can be counted is the money governments around the world have already spent trying to combat it. So far, it adds up to a staggering $6.5 trillion. In a class action launched in the United States, China is now being sued to get the money back. The lawsuit accuses Chinese authorities of negligence, lies and cover-ups. In the UK, there are similar calls for compensation to be paid. And as Tara Brown reports, even here, there are demands the communist regime face a Nuremberg-style hearing to investigate its role in this human disaster. In the heart of the coronavirus pandemic, New York has countless shocking stories of suffering. I did really never dreamed that it would affect me in such a way, or, or my country or the world. For Lorraine Caggiano, the effect has been profound and brutal. Ten members of her family contracted COVID-19, including herself. On the 25th of March, her elderly aunt, Isabella Rizzo, succumbed to the virus. Still reeling from that loss, just 52 hours later, Lorraine's dad, Nick Caggiano, died alone in hospital. You know, my father was, uh, he was very afraid of doctors. I'm gonna cry, I'm sorry. You know, just to get him to, uh, for a yearly checkup, you'd have to really talk him into it and he would just drive you crazy. So to me, to think of him laying there knowing this was going on, breaks my heart. He would have been so frightened, so frightened. Nothing we can do will ever bring the members of Lorraine's family back from this tragic, tragic outcome. But we hope to be able to gain compensation for them to help them get on with their lives the best way they can, and to try to put people back to normal. Across the country, in deserted Florida, Busiest road in Boca Raton. Jeremy Alters is the chief strategist behind a class action, 
brought by the Berman Law Group. On behalf of all residents and businesses in the US, they are suing no less than the Chinese Communist Party, asking for reparations of more than $6 trillion. And this lawsuit is based on the fact that they knew about this virus, they failed to contain the virus, they failed to let us know in a timely fashion about the virus, and have unleashed hell on our communities, on our countries, the United States, Australia and everywhere else. Is this suit saying, China, now you have to pay up? Yes, it is. And here's why it's saying it. That money is not just governments losing money. That is people losing their jobs. That is people losing their homes. That is people losing their livelihoods. That is people being able to feed their children. That $6 trillion isn't coming back. Jeremy's firm has so far signed up 10,000 people to the class action, a number that is growing each day. Along with the grief, it's clear they've tapped a deep well of anger. For Lorraine's mother, Natalie, who lost her husband and sister less than a month ago, alongside the heartache is a need for action. I get this text message and it says from my mother, you know, I want to sue China. And I'm like, oh, God, she's going to drive me nuts now. And I don't have time for this, and I can't even think of this. Was she serious? And is she still serious today? Dead serious. My mother's, yes, of course my mother is. She was dead serious. She's like, I want, because she's angry. So she feels like, okay, they should have told people about this. They should have been more forthcoming about this. Why is this happening? I lost my husband. I lost my sister. For you, what do you want to achieve out of this lawsuit? The truth. The truth for my dad, for my aunt, for my friend Helen who died yesterday, for this lady I know named Adelaide who's been on a ventilator for the last 20 days. I hope she makes it. Uh, just the truth. How much do you believe China owes the world? Australia has invested over $200 billion to get us through this crisis to date. To protect Australia... Former barrister, now Queensland Liberal Senator, Amanda Stoker, says Australia needs to be part of a global push to force the Chinese government to turn over its records, to reveal when it knew and what it knew about the coronavirus threat. If you've got really strong factual findings that show there was a clear failure to comply with what were um, absolutely clear international obligations to report what was going on um, as the virus was identified and started to spread, to share medical data about how to manage it and about human-to-human -human transmission, then you might have the opportunity to pursue compensation at an international level. But for Matthew Henderson, the facts are already in. In regards to the big questions from what you've seen so far out of China, did they lie? Yes. Did they cover up? Yes. Matthew is a former British diplomat to China who now runs Asia studies at UK think tank, the Henry Jackson Society. Matthew has co-authored a report pitching the case against China. He says China has breached international health regulations by hiding from the world what they knew in the early days of the outbreak. It becomes clear 
that the way in which the Chinese side has managed this issue is negligent, culpable, and deliberately, willfully damaging, not only to the world at large, but to the Chinese people also. For Matthew, the most appalling part of the cover-up was quashing early concerns about a new, frightening virus raised by Chinese doctors and scientists in Wuhan. To make certain that people who really knew what that bug looked like, where it came from, why it was so infectious, why it bonded with people's lungs in a way that makes it uniquely lethal, that information was the first thing they suppressed that would have been really, really useful to the world to protect ourselves from what we now know is what it is, a lethal pandemic. If they knowingly suppressed information about the threat of this potential pandemic, what did they hope to achieve by hiding it? The classic face-saving approach that the Chinese Communist Party regularly takes in the face of challenges and disasters, you bury the truth, you convey the impression of order, and you hope to goodness me that you're going to be able to get away with it. Of course they didn't, of course they couldn't. Around the world, we've now received calls from 40 different countries. Jeremy Alters is an unlikely champion of the class action, a lifelong Democrat now banded with a conservative firm to provide strategy. While it's not impossible, it is very difficult for the US to sue another country due to a protection known as sovereign immunity. Many legal experts give Jeremy very little chance of success. The critics of this class action say that your chances of even going to court are nil. Right. Yeah, we, we've heard that. Um, we've heard that our whole career. Um, you know, those are intentionally reckless acts which affect our citizens. So legally, I would disagree with the naysayers. So the chances are not nil. They are very good. We will be able to pursue this in court. And at some point, it's not going to be tomorrow, but at some point, bring China to bear so that they have to pay for what they've done. Even if the US courts find a case against the Chinese regime, few believe China will feel compelled to show up or pay up. The chances of China paying up are zero, aren't they? No, not at all. They are much higher than zero, not 100%, but there are mechanisms to get them to do this. If they decide not to show up in court, then we will proceed forward to get a verdict against them and then collect on their assets here in the United States to help the people who have been harmed that are part of this lawsuit. Senator Amanda Stoker believes that if the current international and legal forums are not able to hold China to account, there is another way. Do you expect that there might be an international tribunal of some sort that puts China on trial? Once we get over what we're all suffering now, is that the future, do you think? Look, the nations of the world have the power to establish um, through the International Court of Justice an inquiry of that nature, um, something a little bit like the way there was an independent um, examination in the form of the Nuremberg trials or um, in relation to the former Yugoslavia. We can set up um, as a global um, community tribunals of that nature. 
But perhaps the most potent response to China will be to rethink doing business with them. It's also a wake-up call for us, though, in a manufacturing sense, in a resources sense. It's an opportunity for us to be more willing to look at other places in the world with which we can trade that might better operate as global participants than the Communist Party of China has been of late. If you are trying to present yourself as a member of a, a Davos-style, win-win, motherhood and apple pie, happy, clappy world, where China's money brings benefits to all and sundry, and it doesn't, well then, you better go back and think about it. There is leverage, and there is practical good reason for us to take a defensive position in regard to our dealings, previously nominally legitimate dealings with China, which no longer are justified. Over the last month, we've contacted the Chinese embassy four times requesting an interview. But we are still waiting for China to respond, along with the rest of a shell-shocked world. Amazing grace. And our fear and isolation never more poignantly reflected than in a recent performance by Andrea Bocelli, who at once sang to no one and everyone. Look at the world. The images of Milan, Paris, London, New York, with no people, my heart broke. It was so, so upsetting. And I really hadn't cried much these past two weeks because it's all very intangible. But when I saw that and I saw the emptiness around the world, I had tears in my eyes and I had a, a pain in my heart from that. So no, this can never happen again. No, I see. Hello, I'm Tara Brown. Thanks for watching. To keep up with the latest from 60 Minutes Australia, make sure you subscribe to our channel. You can also download the Nine Now app for full episodes and other exclusive 60 Minutes content.